Hello and welcome to the Hardball Gets podcast. This is another edition of the AFLW Takeover. My name is Eliza Riley. Joining me today is Amy Lavelle, completely packed for work and the weekend. This podcast is brought to you by the new Mazda BT50 SP, the complete package. Let's get into it. done. We're almost a third of the way through the season. It's flying by, but this week we've lost one of our comrades, Amy. Jen, one of our members of our trio, has has just decided to pop over to Greece for a bit of a mid-season holiday, and I'm here to call her out, to be honest, to be taking holidays mid-AFLW season, especially to go to Greece and leave us here in Perth. I'm, I'm pretty filthy, if I'm honest. (laughs) <laughs> I think she's probably the one of those ones that planned early and uh, that second season in a year just got chucked in there and she's like, no, nah, I'm still going. <laughs> well, I don't know how much she's keeping up to date with the AFLW from over there, but she's been sending us messages um, about how we should structure the podcast this week and Jen, get stuffed. If you're not here, you don't have any, any say or input on how this thing comes together. Because we tried and we tried to bring a third member in this week. We had a few special guests in mind, but unfortunately just didn't quite come to the fore. So we'll hopefully bring someone in next week who's a little more talented um, than Jen. There you go, another clip for you, Jen. I hope you're listening over in Greece. Um, but Amy, you're phoning in this week as well. Bit bit going on at work. Yeah, this uh, this public holiday, this day of mourning for the lovely Queen has... Um, sort of taking us with a hit with the school teaching and those camps. So, um, yeah, a bit too, bit too adjust, but um, we're getting there. You know what you did do this week, though? You, well, I texted you during the, um, over the weekend because last week on this very podcast, you said Sarah Verrier from Fremantle should play on the wing and Fremantle should explore that. What happens Friday night? Sarah Verrier is running around on the wing. Do you, do you still speak to Trent Cooper? Are you feeding him information? No, I wouldn't say that. I uh, I can take some credit, but I can't take all of it. I think uh, Trent has had it in his mind since the day he drafted Sarah Veria, but it just never got an opportunity, and I'm glad he finally took the uh, opportunity to give it a go, and I think it actually paid div- dividends on uh, Friday night, that's for sure. I'm taking credit on behalf of you and behalf of this podcast. I think we need a bit more credibility, and that's exactly what I'm going to do, and we're going to claim that move as our own. And we'll just keep claiming them as we go, I think. We'll have to pop one in there every week, see what happens. All right, we'll test your Nostradamus skills again <laughs> this week. Let's get into the two minutes. Speaking of the Dockers, you're going to kick us off with Frio versus Western Bulldogs. Yes, uh, Bulldogs just over the line by three points. Um, quite disappointing, I think, for Frio having led the entire game and then, you know, the last eight minutes or so of that last quarter, they just got pipped by a, a rampaging Bulldogs and also a very high-flying Gabby Newton with that um, really amazing mark sort of in the goal square towards the end of the game, which sort of got them forward. Um, yeah, I think they'll be really ruining their chance there. They sort of changed a few things up and you could see they've changed things but they just didn't have that composure going forward when it mattered especially in that last quarter they really had a run of the ball um early but they just couldn't capitalize on it um so yeah um really disappointing i think for them i think finals are out of the equation now like i I think i wrote they're on life support but i think 
you're pretty much done at 0 and 3 as harsh as that sounds it's just by the time they probably come good it, it's going to be too late in the season and yeah by the time they've adapted to their personnel changes so it's it's a tough one but we probably just have to rule a line through Freo making finals at this stage <laughs> When you talk about um, backing it up with a second season in one year, um, you've got to be able to start strong, I think, um, depending on how you're going with injuries and and tiredness and general soreness. And to start 0-3, it just doesn't put you in the best position. And, of course... But I also yeah. think uh, we hopefully have JC coming back this week. Um, my thoughts, this is my Nostradamus, I think, would be a good idea try and try a forward for a little bit. Um, they need, to, I think they need a target up there. I like that. I'm writing that one down to revisit in a week's time. <laughs> JC up forward, but can she can she kick a goal? Has she got a good kick on her? Yeah, I think she's got a good set of hands. So I think they just need a target, and then um, we can get you know Michaela Hyde and and hopefully Takarana's coming back in the next couple of weeks. Um, they can get them at her feet. Um, they might have a few more opportunities at goal. Moving on to the Crows hosting North Melbourne. Adelaide got up by 14 points in that one. Um, the Crows just, they're, they're just, well, they're not limping. Limping is the wrong word, but they're just sort of floating along and they keep managing to bag four points despite not exactly playing their best footy for four quarters. I mean, they did it last week against Richmond, sort of came really hard late and did very similar against the Kangaroos. Um, took until that final quarter to really get going and steamroll them. Um, so I think in the last two last quarters, they've scored 31 points and conceded nothing. Like, I don't know, is this just a pattern we can sort of expect for them for the rest of the year or do we want to see them start dominating teams again? Like, is that putting them at risk of dropping games, this sort of cruisy mode they're in? Yeah, it's an interesting one. I think they have the opportunity to probably break games open, but they can't quite do it at the moment. I can't quite work out why, um, because they seem to still have this similar people in the forward line. They've got a great combo of um, Hatchard and Marinoff in the middle who are gaining huge touches, and then obviously to have an enigma in Randall. So um, not much has changed from what I can see, but they just seem to be struggling a bit. Yeah, it's just like if they keep, you know sort of with that goal in mind of finals and qualify for that I don't know I just feel like if you're just sort of at that stage where you can't completely dominate teams you're at risk of dropping games and dropping ladder position as well so I I'd sort of want to see a bit more from them which sounds weird being the, the reigning premiers. It also sounds weird considering they are winning so True. it's a weird feeling to have but um, I don't think they'll be too unhappy about it they're just probably trying to tweak a few things to find that dominant performance. Sydney versus GWS. This was the first Sydney Derby or Derby. I don't. What do they call it over there? I don't even know. Maybe it's <laughs> a Derby. Sure. State. I think they call it a Derby. Yeah, yeah the Derby, Derby State. state. <laughs> so the Giants. I don't know where they get the A from, but yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Who knows? Um, Giants got up in that one by forty-seven points. Stamped their mark as the big sister in New South Wales. But what sort of impressed me and has in the opening stages of the season is. Their forward line seems to be clicking finally because for so long it's been sort of chorused on um, the 40-year-old, just in case you didn't know her age. She's 40 years old, as a commentator say every time she touches the ball. She's been the focal point for a very long time down there, but they've 
seemed to have found a few more options around her, like Georgia Garnett had a good game. Um, Zali Goldsworthy on debut has added a bit, and Jess Doyle, who of course was went through the Swans Academy, she's sort of finding her feet as well. So I think like their sort of revamped game plan under their new coach is actually functioning quite well now. Yeah, I think so. Like you know, you weren't sure what's going to happen. Um, taking Privatelli out of that forward line, being such a um, good contested mark, but yeah, they're definitely gelling well, and they probably had their best performance in terms of getting that ball forward and and um, making the most of their opportunities. So um, it'll be interesting to see how they go next week. Um, who are they playing? I've forgotten already. Um, they play the Eagles. This the Eagles, that's right. So the way the Eagles are going, you'd hope that they continue their, their run and have another strong win. And I loved um, the battle between Staunton and Alana Woodward. Like, you don't usually see Cora rattle that much, but there was a few sort of choice words exchanged by the looks of it. So I'd love to know what Alana said to get in her ear so I can take that back to full back next year. <laughs> like Sydney, you know, they got a bit of fire about them, definitely, like these young girls, but I just you know, they just got so much inexperience and they lack a bit of polish and football smarts, I think. So, but I think there's something there. Um, they just obviously got to gel and, and have a bit more time um, to play with each other and see what happens. Geelong versus Collingwood, that's yours. Uh, that's, uh, yeah, it was very tough viewing. Um, Collingwood <laughs> by four points in the end. Um, it was an interesting game because both, um, teams were actually playing quite clean footy. Um, I just think Geelong, maybe the talking point here is, are they too defensive at times? Um, they're really good. They really like to lock the ball down and not allow other teams to score, um, but they can't seem to find their own way to score. Um, so, I don't know. For me, it's it's a difficult one. And I think also um, the other point is such low scoring. Um, you know, um, do we need longer quarters? Like, why do we still have shorter quarters? The reason we had shorter quarters was because um, of the heat rule and we were playing in summer, but now we don't have that. So we have no chance to swing momentum, no chance to increase um, scoring. It's just an interesting one why we still continue with those shorter quarters. Yeah, it's a good shout because the sort of longer the quarters go on, you seem to see teams get a bit of a run on and sort of break the other side, which usually comes down to superior fitness. Um, so I don't know. It's one probably need to take to Nick Liv at AFLW House and see what she has to say about it. But I tend to think, yeah, like the defensive side of Geelong, I mean, great teams are good teams are built on defence, but I just feel like they have so many young and exciting players that they're not fully utilising the speed and sort of excitement they've got within their team. Cause all three of Geelong's games so far have been, Pretty bloody boring to watch. I, I, I say that. <laughs> I don't know if um, anyone from Geelong's listening, it, but I mean, no offence. <laughs> <laughs> it's spot on. It's a bit like, um, you know, Sydney in the men's um, in the early days, that really, really defensive team, but they always found a way to score. Whereas I feel like we're selling Geelong short by, you know, like when they get the ball forward, using it to their advantage rather than just bombing it forward and, and waiting to see what happens. So I think that's where they're letting themselves down a little bit. Um, but it'll be interesting this weekend. They're playing North Melbourne, so um, that'll be a really good test for them to see where they're at, I think, too. Lions v Gold Coast. It's a bit of a derby-derby 
slash Q clash weekend. <laughs> um, so Brisbane <laughs> got up by 73 points, just absolute domination from where to go. I think, I think Brisbane are probably the most complete team in the comp at the moment. And it's, I'm just finding it so hard to find any holes in that side um, to date. Like, just their scoring power. I think the stat is they've kicked 200 points in the first three rounds of the season, so more than. Um, and then they've just managed to find so many avenues to goal and pile on absolutely massive scores. So, yeah, I, I'm really struggling to pick a hole in that side. Can you see anything at this stage? I'm just really enjoying watching them play. Like, um, they play good footy, they play attacking footy, um, they play good pressure footy, um, and that's why they're getting the score on the board. But I think, too, like, they've got such a good spine. Um, they've got good um, numbers in the middle. Um, they've got a really, really strong back line that can move the ball forward. And then they've got a young Wardlaw down there um, and then your Courtney Hodder, um, and they're just entertaining to watch. So, for me, they're massive favourites at the moment, I think, for the flag. And they're hungry as well. Like in the first quarter, they had 31 tackles and still won the disposal count by 27 um, against the Suns. So they they really bloody won it, which is something, you know, you sort of see drop off from sides who have won premierships in the past. But just from a Gold Coast point of view, I think Lauren Bell is probably one of the best young rucks in the game still. She can sort of hold her head high. Yeah, I did. Nah, you don't have anything else to add on that? No, I don't. I just had a lag then. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Carlton versus Port Adelaide. Yeah, we first draw of the season. So, um, yeah, I knew we were going to have one. (laughs) (laughs) I just thought Port Adelaide were going to get their first first win that we saw. Um, But it didn't quite happen. Um, They were leading the whole way. They just they were playing a really good brand of footy, and then. Again, that new team trying to find that way to win. They they may have got a bit tired. I think Carlton um, sort of just put the um, put down a little bit in that last quarter. And I think um, Peterson, um, her last quarter was exceptional on the wing. Um, I think she brought them back into the game and she ended up with 21 possessions. So um, I think, you know, they, they had the opportunity. Both teams had the opportunity to take the game. And I think... Um, I don't know. As a are we are we seeing a, any difference in people's game plans when the game is on the line, or are girls just continuing to sort of just kick forward and see what happens? Well, when a draw is like on offer, it's that sort of dangerous period, isn't it? Where you want to win the game, but you also want to save the game. So it's really hard to pick which you know sort of way to go um, because both options are still on the table. But I thought they both sort of went attack like it both looked like they were more so wanting to win the game but in the end neither of them did so I don't know if it exactly paid off (laughs) that's what I thought it was such an even game but um and you look at the stats it was such an even game but I think um you know getting that understanding more from some of the players and especially like the more that they play together like Port Adelaide may have been able to take that game on a little bit more um to create those scoring opportunities but I think they're just still learning that and learning the football now of the game and, and, and that will come. So, But, yeah, we got our first draw, so it was a bit of a nail-biting finish. Saints v the Demons. So Nam, as we know them in Indigenous Week, got up by 26 points in the end. But I still think, 
you know, you can't take too much away from St Kilda at the moment. They're probably one of my more most improved sides of the season. Um, like, if you told me they would have lost to Melbourne by 26 points earlier this year, I probably would have absolutely taken that if I was Nick Del Santo, um, head coach of that side. But they just they found a way to keep Melbourne scoreless and goalless for three quarters. Not many sides can say they can do that, even though they did let them get out to a hot start. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. Like, I thought first quarter, I was like, oh, my God, this is going to be another a big game, another thrashing. Um, and they just seemed to steady. I mean, St Kilda had 86 tackles for the game. So, like, although they couldn't win the, the ball and the numbers were with Melbourne, as you said, they were really good at stopping them defensively and really good at putting the pressure on. They just obviously couldn't capitalise on themselves. So, um, good defensive game in the end. But, yeah, I'm not quite sure still where they sort of stand. But I definitely agree with you that. They are one of the most improved teams of, of the season so far. It's probably them and Richmond at moment at the moment, I think, uh, are the two sort of in contention for that. But um, Kate Sheilor as well is one who we've sort of struggled to see the best of just because of the lack of supply she's got up there, um, up forward. And she's sort of been forced to, you know, push up the ground and, you know, try and take contested marks on the wing and stuff like that. But I feel like we're, we're really starting to see the best of her now, um, that she's got a few good midfielders ahead of her, feeding her a bit of ball, um, two goals. And I think she kicked four a few weeks back as well. Yeah, I think it's helpful having uh, Patricia's back um, just in that midfield um, just to bring that ball forward. And I think Zenos in the, in the, at her feet as well um, is helpful to St Kilda. Hopefully they can have a few more scores going forward. So the Tigers took on Hawthorne. Richmond got up by 35 points. Um, one for me, Ellie McKenzie. Uh, I feel like we're starting to see her get back to her best as well. Um, she had a very interrupted season earlier this year, uh, had that I think they called it an unusual or un- unique oh, that's right, calf yep. injury. The unique calf injury, yep. yeah. For a 21-year-old <laughs> to have a calf injury, it's pretty unique, full stop. Um, but I feel like <laughs> she has really sort of took her, na- her game back to sort of what we've come to expect of her. Um, and the number one picks across the board are really coming to the fore. Like you saw Gabby Newton on Friday night, she's been... Missed the whole of last season due to injury, and then she dominates late. And then Ellie McKenzie sort of comes out um, and imp- does an impressive rundown tackle on the wing to set up the Tigers' first goal. They're sort of making their mark now on the comp. Yeah, I think so. And, and Conti's game was exceptional. Like I think that is what created the the big win for them. Like to win by thirty five after probably having not a great game last week. Um, I think they needed that sort of solid win um, to get their confidence up. And, like, Conti's um, contested ball is just exceptional. I think she's one of the best players in the comp. Three goals, 23 touches. Pretty pretty handy from the Conti role. <laughs> I wouldn't be hating that as a coach. I'll um, be picking her first every time. <laughs> and to round things out, Eagles taking on Essendon... <laughs> Here at Minimal Resources Park, the Bombers kicked the first nine goals and won by 52 points. I want to, you know, maybe spend a more than, bit more than two minutes. Maybe we've even got three up our sleeve here. But the Eagles, <laughs> um, for me, this was embarrassing. 
to win, to lose to an expansion side. Um, and But the Eagles messaging that's sort of come out since the game is part of them is like, let's let's be forgiven for this loss, um, even though it was to expansion team. We've got our reasons. We've Essendon recruited well. We've had our battles. We've had coach overhaul. We've had player overhaul. But to be honest, I'm, I'm really struggling to buy that because despite everything the Eagles have been through, to have a three-year head start and to lose like that, it proves to me the differences between a club who took AFLW seriously from day dot opposed to a club that's still playing catch-up. Yeah, spot on. Like, um, Eagles have just started to, in, as you said, decide that they want to be part of the competition. You know, and Essendon have been building this with their VFLW club for a few years now, um, and it shows. Um, it shows that they have built a product um, and they're using it. And I think Eagles using those excuses now is too late. Um, they've had the opportunity to recruit good players. Um, and I think they've been, they've recruited some good players, but they've been off the mark with a lot of things. And um, it showed like they had no intent. They had no pressure and Essendon just piled them on so quickly. They looked like they were in a training drill to begin with. It was embarrassing, to be completely honest, and um, I think the Eagles will probably do a bit of soul-searching this week because that's the sort of game at the start of the year. Well, at least I circled as a spectator and gone, Eagles can win that one. Expansion side, they've had a three-year head start. They're just starting to really take this program seriously, and I don't know, just to see, like, I I'm, I need, might need to fact-check this, but Josh Mahoney, head of football at Essendon in the men's football department, he was at the game um, in a time where Essendon is still searching for their first, their new male head coach. For, so for someone like him to make the effort and come across, I thought that was really significant as well. Yeah, and I think I think they're just building. Like, they just, they recruited well. They, they seem to be patient. Um, Natalie Natalie would know, like, she's a good coach. She's been in the system for Great a really coach. long time. Yeah. You know, so she's she's been watching the VFLW. She's been watching the AFLW. And she's found those people that can build her team. And I think she's only started in a really strong position. Um, but I just don't think Eagles have gone anywhere with theirs. So their position hasn't improved. They're, they've almost gone backwards. And they just can't play four quarters of football. Like you saw, they just got absolutely dominated and only kicked their first goal with three minutes to go in the first half. And then the second half, they went goal for goal with Essendon. So it's like, where has that been in the entire first half? Their slow starts are absolutely killing them. And I think that shows too, we we look at it, they're recruiting, but they're talking about recruiting and developing players. But I think also yep. you have to look at developing players that can play now and they're ready to play now because that's just the, the way that the AFLW seasons are shaping at the moment. You can't develop players for three or four years. You need players now that you can develop and are strong and ready-made players. And they had the opportunity to draft that and they chose to go the other way. And that's just an interesting um, decision, I think. Yeah, but one we will give a quick shout-out to, Ella Roberts. I thought she had her best game in blue and gold on the Agreed. weekend, thrown into the midfield, yeah. won five clearances, I think, and really got them going in that second half. So maybe it's a move we can see more permanently. Um, cause you, but you want her up forward and you want her in the midfield at the same time. You do. You want her around the ground because you can see how much of an influence she does have and I hope that brings her confidence up because I think she can be a real dominant force in this competition. All right, let's take a quick look at this weekend's matchups. First of all, on Saturday morning, Giants hosting the Eagles. 
I'm tipping the Giants to get up in that one and the Eagles' pain will continue a little bit longer, I reckon. Yeah, I think so. I think especially the Giants, the game they had last week, um, they'll probably have their tails up a bit. So um, could probably see another win there. And later on in the day at Fremantle Oval, the Dockers hosting Carlton. I think they get their first win of the season. It's come a little bit too late, but I think they can get over the Blues. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'm definitely going to tip them this week. Um, pending, obviously, the weather is, is nice. I think it's meant to be sunshine this weekend, hopefully. so. Um, but I see hopefully you can get a couple of players back um, from injury and um, they do play well against Carlton and they do match up well against Carlton. So hopefully see them getting the win. Is it weird that the Eagles have never played Carlton in four years? I just found that weird, but... It's so strange. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, we're not fixture people. Or whatever they're called. No. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> that's a good note to end on. That's been the episode three of the Hardball Gets AFLW podcast. Make sure you like, subscribe, follow us wherever you get your podcast so you don't miss an episode. Completely packed for work and the weekend. This podcast was brought to you by the new Mazda BT50 SP, the complete package. We'll see you next week.